What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Apologies for no podcast on uh, Monday or Friday. I was sick. Monday, I have had this really large project I've had to do at work. It has taken up most of my time. It's finally done. That's why I'm able to do a podcast today. Um, No intro here. We're going to get straight into things. I've got just an NFL rundown followed by just some NBA notes to know. I don't know what these things mean. They're just things that I've kind of noticed, trends that are happening uh, in the NBA that I just want to update you guys on. Um, Future stuff, I I don't know. I'm heading out of town on Monday. That's Christmas Day. So I don't know what podcast stuff is going to look like next week. I'm hoping to do a show on Friday. We've got my wife and I, we've got family in town on Friday. I don't know what that's going to look like. So this could be the last show or last podcast till the end of the year that's that's a real possibility i hope not i'm hoping to continue to do more stuff um yeah so without with all that being said let's get into the actual show the stuff that you're here for okay currently in the nfl there are 10 teams that are eight and six or seven and seven when we look at the afc the eight and six teams are the jags the Bengals, the colts the texans and the bills seven and seven teams the steelers and the broncos look at this point if you're six and eight like the raiders i think there's another six and eight team out there you're done. You're not making the playoffs. Get those draft boards ready, you know? So, looking at these six teams here, or excuse me, seven teams here, who are either 8-6 and six or 7-7, seven and seven, I like the Colts and the Bills to grab those final two playoff spots. Whoever the two-seed is in the AFC is going to have to play the Bills, and they're going to be extremely upset. The Bills are on an absolute roll. They dominated the Cowboys on Sunday, in case you forgot. It was... An extremely impressive showing from them. They ran the ball well. Josh Allen threw the ball for less than 100 yards. And I was really excited on Monday. I was like, ooh, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to look at the box score. I'm going to look at how great Josh Allen was. I'm going to look at how terrible Dak Prescott was. And I'm going to be able to get on this on this great podcast here. And just rip into Dak Prescott. Because if you know me, if you've listened to me for a while, then you know... I'm not a big fan of Dak Prescott. The idea that he could have been the MVP this year, the fact that he could still potentially be the MVP really bothers me because I don't think that he's on the same level as these other quarterbacks who are usually in this MVP-type conversation. And then I sit down, you know, looking at box scores, doing all that, and I was like, oh, I can't really make this take of Dak Prescott looks average when he's on the field with a guy named Josh Allen, because Josh Allen threw the ball like 15 times for 94 yards. Meanwhile, James Cook went absolutely insane. James Cook cooked. That's what happened. Okay, the, the Cowboys got cooked by James Cook. All right, they just lined it up. They ran the ball downhill the entire game, and it was a really impressive showing from the Bills. And look, the Bills, they, they have to win out to make the playoffs um, just based on tiebreakers and things, they will be the odd man out if there are three teams who finish at 10-7, and seven, which is really possible. So, they, they got to win out. They got to play the Chargers this week. That's a win. They got to they gotta beat the Patriots. That's another win. And then they have to play at Miami. Who could have the one seed locked up? There's a real world where, where that is the reality that we live in. And so, the Bills have a really good chance of making the playoffs and they're the last team in the league I would want to play right now. I mean, they look better than everyone. <laughs> they do. And I think the biggest adjustment that we've seen the Bills make 
And part of why I like them so much more now than what I did at the start of the year is Joe Brady is now the offensive coordinator. And we've seen this shift since they fired their former OC and they brought in Joe Brady, or they promoted Joe Brady, excuse me. They are much more committed to running the football. They are. This doesn't feel like Josh Allen has to put up 400 total yards of offense for us to have a chance. They're like, you know what? No, we're going to run the football with James Cook because he's a good running back. We're going to throw it to him out of the backfield. We're going to bring someone alongside Josh Allen to help shoulder the load of this offense. That way it's not always him all the time. And here's, I think, the scary thing. We've seen teams get hot late in the year and then go on runs to win the Super Bowl. Think both of the Giants' Super Bowls in the last decade. That's, or I guess not last decade, because 2007 was way long ago. Jeez, that's that's weird. Anyway, but thinking about the Giants' last two Super Bowls with Eli Manning, that's what happened to them. They were like fringe playoff team. They sneak in, they get hot, and they run off, and they go in the Super Bowl. It's really impressive. Um, And that's kind of what the Bills feel like right now. They feel like the team that's just getting hot at the right time. And like I said, whoever ends up getting the two seed, whether that's Baltimore or Miami, it's probably going to be one of them. There's just that's a really tough draw, having to play the Bills in your in your first round playoff matchup. So that's what I'm expecting for the AFC Colts Bills. You're really hoping you play the Colts if you're, you know, not the one seed. Um, moving on to the NFC, no eight and six teams in the NFC. It feels like everyone in the NFC is either like ten and four or seven and seven. That's really what it feels like. So in the NFC, the Vikings are seven and seven, the Buccaneers are seven and seven, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Saints. Rams and Seahawks, I think, are the two best teams here. I think these are the two teams that are going to grab the wild card. That win over the Eagles on Monday Night Football was huge for the Seahawks. Um, just a really impressive win for them. Drew Locke coming through big, just insane. Um, you know, didn't have that on on my bingo card. Drew Locke saves the Seahawks season. Wasn't on there. Uh, when it comes to the Vikings, like the magic is kind of faded with all the backup quarterbacks. When it comes to the Saints, Derek Carr hasn't been very good. I don't think their head coach is very good. Uh, and the Rams, they feel like the Bills this year in terms of they're getting hot at the right time. It's really more of they're just healthy now. And they're really explosive on offense. The defense has progressed pretty well throughout the season. Sean McVay has done an excellent job this year. If they make the playoffs, he would be my second vote for coach of the year. I think it's got to be Stefanski in Cleveland. You know they're nine and five, having started four different quarterbacks this year. He's got to be the he's got to be coach of the year if they end up winning that division. A really tough division, in my well, they won't win the division. It'll be the Ravens if they make the playoffs. They get to 10, 11 wins. Then Stefanski should be the coach of the year. But when it comes to the NFC, Rams, Seahawks, I think they are hands down the two best teams of the teams clumped up fighting for those last two spots. Uh, I like the Buccaneers to end up winning that uh, division over the Saints. Moving on, week 16, I'm going to give you my my NFL bets. Can't wait. A lot of big games, but let's start with the bets. Thursday Night Football. I haven't bet Thursday Night Football in a while, but this game this game just felt way too easy. Rams minus 4.5 over the Saints. That is, that is my bet for Thursday Night Football. I just kind of hit on everything there. Sean McVay, better coach. Matthew Stafford, better quarterback. Um, sorry, my, my notes 
they, they, they went a little weird there. Uh, Cooper Cup and Pukunakua, fantastic together. Those are two dudes who can just get open at will. This defense has got to be better. Or excuse me, this defense has gotten better over the course of the year. I think they win this game by at least a touchdown. Um, if you'd show me this line before Thursday night, I would have thought the Rams were favored by six and a half. They're at home. Give me the Rams. Next, Colts, Falcons. The Colts are underdogs here. They are one and a half point dogs. Give me the underdogs here. Indy, I think this simply comes down to me believing that Minshew is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke, who's going to be taking snaps for Atlanta. They have once once again benched Desmond Ritter as they should have after that debacle in Carolina, getting beat by the now 2-12 Carolina Panthers. Give me the Colts just to win that game outright. Next game, Browns-Texans. Texans are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Give me, give me the Texans. So, C.J. Stroud has not cleared concussion protocol yet. But, he's got till Sunday. It's only Wednesday. We, we've got some time. Even if he doesn't clear protocol, I still like this pick. The Texans proved last week that they can beat mediocre offenses without C.J. Stroud. And that's what they did last week when they beat the Titans, who have a more dynamic receiving room in Trayvon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins than the Browns do, who have a more dynamic quarterback um, and Will Levis than the Browns do in Joe Flacco. Um, you know, D'Amico Ryan's like he's an off, awesome defensive head coach. We've seen that throughout the season. The defense has continued to get better. Derek Stingley Jr. is coming on. Will Anderson Jr. looks like a fantastic selection at third overall. Give me the Texans to beat the Browns outright and to keep their playoff hopes alive. Next, the Bengals and the Steelers. Steelers, one-and-a-half-point dogs. That's who I'm taking here. It looks like Kenny Pickett is going to play. Caveat here. If he doesn't play, then there's no way this hits. Putting Putting that out there now. As of now, though, he is tracking to play. This defense, I think, bounces back after their game. Against the Colts. Excuse me. I keep trying hard not to burp. Um, the defense should bounce back. The last time they played the Bengals, they can they held the Bengals to 10 points. Jake, Jake Browning was playing quarterback. And their offense put up 400 yards of total offense with Kenny Pickett under center. And with that being said, they only scored 16 points. But when your defense only gives up 10, that's all, that's all you have to do. So they moved the ball well against the Bengals. Uh, if Kenny Pickett plays, I, I think that they'll, have, they'll find success doing that again. Um, should be really fun to watch the Steelers and the Bengals go at it. Last game. I'll be honest, it was really hard to find five games to pick this week. And the more I look at this, this pick, just staring back at me on the screen, the more and more I question myself. So I've got the Dolphins to cover the one and a half points against the Cowboys at home. I'm breaking one of my rules. One of my rules has been, you know... Whenever good teams get embarrassed, pick them the next week. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Cowboys got embarrassed by the... uh, The Cowboys got embarrassed by the Bills last week. And I'm not picking them here. I'm taking the Dolphins. So, Tyreek Hill, very likely to play. I think the Dolphins are the perfect team to pick against the Cowboys. They run the ball well. Okay, number two rushing offense in the league. And when they throw the ball, they get rid of the ball very quickly. And their receivers are fast and quick, and they just they all get open. Part of it is the scheme. Part of it is the talent on the perimeter. 
And the, when we look at the Cowboys, the greatest strength of this Cowboys defense is their pass rush, right? Greg Olson, who was calling the game against the Bills, I mean, he hit the nail on the head. The reason why this Cowboys team has been so dominant is because they've jumped on these teams early, and then their defense has just been able to rush the passer and defend the pass, and which they're great at. But the Dolphins and the Bills are both very complete offenses who can also run the football and are both extremely high-powered. So this isn't going to be a game where the Cowboys jump out to a 21-0 lead. It's, it's, just, it's not going to happen. And on top of that, this game is in Miami, right? Miami, second-best home team in the NFL behind the Cowboys. Cowboys, not a great road team. They aren't. I think that's something that's been probably over-talked about this week. Um, but either way, like the numbers are the numbers. And I think that this Dolphins defense... It's highly underrated. They are top five in a lot of the major categories since Jalen Ramsey has returned from injury. They get after the passer. They defend the run. They've got two great corners. Cater uh, um, Kohu, uh, slot corner, he's been really good this year. So, like, they've got guys who can defend CeeDee Lamb in multiple spots. Uh, linebacking, linebacking core is a little weak, but the defensive line, especially those defensive tackles, and Ziegler and Christian Wilkins, they've been awesome this year. I think that the Dolphins are just a really tough matchup for the Cowboys. And the fact that it's on the road also gives me a little extra hope that the Dolphins both win and cover in this game. So those are the five bets for the week. Once again, Dolphins minus 1.5, Steelers plus 1.5, Texans plus 2.5, Colts plus 1.5, and and then Rams minus 4.5. In terms of other games going on this week, um, I really don't think there's any other like huge game that Everyone needs to be watching. Jacksonville at Tampa Bay is going to be pretty big. Uh, that game is on Sunday. That's Christmas Eve. And then I think that's really it in terms of like the big ones. Wait, no. Baltimore plays San Francisco Monday nights. That's Monday Night Football. That's going to be a great game. Cannot wait to watch that one. So those are the big games coming up this weekend. Um, with that, we're going to switch over to our final topic here. We're going to get into the NBA. And I don't have any takes here. These are just things that have been happening, right? So I've just got like a list. I think I've got like 10 things here that are going on. Could be potential storylines. We'll see if takes kind of evolve whenever I say them. So the Warriors have won three in a row with the chance to make it four tonight when the Wizards play against the Warriors. And the first question we got to ask, is this is this the Jordan Poole revenge game? I know Draymond Green didn't play in. No, it's not playing. Maybe that's why Green wanted to get suspended. He wanted to avoid the Jordan Poole Revenge game. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I'm sure Jordan Poole feels a little bit better now. He's not the only NBA player. Draymond Green is not punched in the face. Um, but yeah, like as soon as everyone kind of started to write the Warriors off, they go on this three-game win streak. Klay Thompson, who I've been extremely hard on this year, he started to look better, especially offensively. The defense, still not great, but offensively, he's just shot the ball way better. Andrew Wiggins slowly coming along, and it's not like these three wins have been against, you know, the worst teams in the NBA. I mean, they beat the Celtics last night. Like, that's an impressive win. Um, So, Warriors slowly kind of piecing it together. Really interested to see what they do at the trade deadline. They still need to add some size, but they're kind of starting to figure things out. Clippers, they've won eight in a row, and me, along with a lot of other people, Ripped the James Harden trade. They figured things out, though. They've moved Russell Westbrook to the bench. He's played with the bench unit as the ball-dominant guard that he is. That has worked really well. Um, James Harden kind of playing in that facilitator role like he did in Philly. When he does that, he's really good. But when he 
you know, takes 25 shots, he's not. He's just he's not the scorer that he used to be, and that's okay as long as he's willing to continue to feed Kawhi and Paul George, who are both healthy together. That feels like that hasn't happened in their entire tenure together in Los Angeles. Next, the Bucks. They've won five in a row. They're now second in the Eastern Conference, only half a game back from the Celtics. And this feels like a really quiet thing that people haven't been paying as much attention to. They figured things out on the offensive end. You know, Giannis, he's getting his game balls, you know, the important things. Um, so, yeah, Bucks. they won five in a row, second in the Eastern Conference. They look good. Uh, the Celtics, undefeated at home, 500 on the road. they got to figure out those road woes. Even though, if they finish the year with the best record in the NBA, they currently have the second best record in the NBA, then I guess they won't have to figure that out. Speaking of the best record in the NBA, the Timberwolves have that. They look like they could make the finals. Number one in defensive rating. They've got a guy in Anthony Edwards who can score the basketball. If he's not scoring it, they've got a guy in Carl Anthony Towns who can do that. They've defended well. They're tall, they're long, they're athletic, they've got shooting. Really, really good basketball team in Minnesota. Next, after playing in the in-season tournament, the Pacers haven't won a game. They've lost four in a row. I think part of it has just been the schedule. They've been playing like every other day. They've been out on the road. They're banged up. Miles Turner hasn't been playing. I know Halliburton missed a game. Uh, People are kind of not freaking out, but they're noticing this. Don't worry about it, okay? Um, They'll they'll be back to scoring, you know, 135 points a night here pretty soon. Uh, The defense is still kind of the biggest issue for them. They've got to they've they've got to get some defenders out there on the wing. Next, the Suns they are zero two when Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant play, which is a major issue. One of those losses came to the Wizards, I believe that they yeah one of those losses came came to the Wizards. That's an issue. Um, you know we're a quarter of the way through the season and they've only played two games together. That doesn't bode well for the playoffs because you have to have some form of chemistry. Okay, you can't just roll the ball out there and just expect things to go super smoothly. Um, especially since all three of those guys need the ball to score, obviously. And so I'm just going to continue to monitor that um, because until those guys figure out how to play together, they have no chance at winning a title, and they have no chance of beating Denver. They have no chance of beating Minnesota. I don't know if they could beat Dallas if they don't start playing more games together. Next, the Pistons, after starting 2-1, and one, have lost 24 games in a row. Terrible. I think the record's 33 games in a row, losing 33 straight. Uh, they may push that. They may break it. They're really bad. Next, Victor Wembanyama. You know, when the season started, he was one of the big storylines. Things have kind of cooled off, as we've noticed how bad the Spurs are. I believe they're like 4-19, 4-20. But Wimby, he has nine straight games with a double-double, including a 20-20 and game against the Bulls. He's slowly starting to figure things out. The shooting... Still isn't super consistent, but you can tell he's figuring things out. and He's going to be really good for a really long time. And finally, the Lakers hung a banner for their in-season tournament title. Um, i got to be honest, the only reason why I care about this is because if you don't know this, the Clippers cover all of the Lakers' banners whenever they play home games. And I just think it would be so funny if the Clippers covered every banner except for the in-season tournament one. I think it would be petty. I think it'd be funny. I really, really need the Clippers to do that now. So those are just my NBA observations. You know, no super crazy takes there, but in case you haven't been paying attention, these are the things that are happening. These are the things that people are paying attention to. So yeah, that's what's going on. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Once again, don't know when the next one's going to be, but 
If it's not until after the new year, I hope you have a happy new year. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Um, I'm going to obviously try and get back on here. It just kind of depends on what all of my family stuff looks like. So if I don't talk to you again until next year, have a happy, you know, have a Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. And I'll talk to you whenever I talk to you.